Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to George. Happy birthday to you. You're a day late, Hamdan. I'm very disappointed. Oh, shit. Um, happy belated birthday to you. That's better. There we go. Um, now, listeners, you won't know this, but we've recorded this already, and it deleted itself. Fucking hell, man. I'm, I'm pissed off. I really am. <laughs> I'm really pissed off, but we'll try and keep going. Oh, should we do the birthday present segment again? Well, for the first time, because this is the only thing you're going to hear, isn't it? So, yeah. So, I'm currently holding in my hand, uh, because, Hamdan, you are the greatest person who, who I've ever met. You know, you're the greatest human on earth. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, okay, thank I'm you. I'm holding in my hand uh, a birthday card that says, at least you're not extinct, and has uh, a cartoon dinosaur with a party hat on the front, which is so lovely. Uh, and inside we have a £30 Amazon gift card, because, once again, you are the greatest human being ever born. <laughs> we won't even go that far, but yeah, thank you very much, George. Uh, well, you wouldn't be, necessarily, if it weren't for your third gift, which is... <laughs> In this box here, in this uh, cellophane, as you can hear there, listener, I'm yeah. just wiggling it there. ASMR for you there. Oh, yeah. Oh, We, we should do that. We should do an ASMR segment. Well, what we can, my voice isn't really trained for that sort of shit, but yeah, I can, we can give it a go. Do you like ASMR? Just put the phone speaker against your neck. And let them... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I think, yeah, you scared the life out of me, then. Anyway, I'm holding in my hand a box that contains vegetable biryani. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Hamdan, you clearly picked up on the fact that I am vegetarian from the previous episode. And you know from past experience that I love, uh, I love curry, basically. And you've put the two together and you've made me an incredibly happy boy. Ah. And uh, honestly, I can say it's the first time I've received a vegetable biryani as a birthday present. And it is probably, it's up there among the very, very best. So thank you very much. You can, I've, I've taped, for those not so you can't see us, I've taken the gun off uh, George's head now so he can speak easily now. Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so um, what do we do now, Hamdan? Do we uh, try and remember what we did when it was recording oh, before, or do we just uh, do we just get on with the track? Uh, yeah, you might as well get on. I mean, it was kind of annoying. Or oh, we could we could probably yeah we could probably just um, actually yeah we'll probably just continue the, the start probably like when we did yeah. before. Yeah, as you can tell, we are both very very angry. Yes, we hate each other at the moment, oh. and we both hate the phone as well, don't we? More so. Uh, but I do have my new laptop, actually, that arrived today. So hopefully, episode five and onwards can be recorded with not only my new laptop, but my repaired Blue Yeti microphone. That sounds like very, very professional. Right. So yeah, this is probably the last episode uh, that's going to be recorded with Hamdan's phone. But it has served us very well until today. Until and then, today, yeah. Then it just completely died. Completely. Just Ruined our lives, didn't it? I am so deflated right now. <laughs> Never mind. But it's fine. We're still recording, aren't we? Yes, yeah. we are. Yes. So, um, what better way to sort of celebrate not only my birthday, but uh, the fourth episode of this podcast, than to punish each other with two very, very diverse, yet incredibly impalatable pieces of music. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to kick off today's episode with um, my choice of song. Now, I'm going to go through the artist first, and then I'm going to tell you what the the song actually is. Uh, Is a a Canadian multi-instrumentalist from the West Coast who's been in... um, Well, he's he's released music under um, a number of different monikers, all with... uh, very, very similar names. Mm-hmm. Aside from his um, extreme metal band, which he uh, formed in the mid-90s and released several albums with, uh, he has a bald head, 
if that's uh, another clue. Indeed, yes, listener, you are correct. It is the one and only Devin Townsend. Okay. Now, Devin Townsend started his career sort of in the early to mid-90s when he actually collaborated with uh, Steve Vai. Do you know Steve Vai, Hamda? Uh, is he another baldy? He's not a baldy. No, he, he does have hair. But uh, he is, as is Devin Townsend, a very, very talented guitarist, probably more so. Ah. So, yeah. Uh, now, I'm not incredibly keen on guitarists who are sort of famous exclusively for being incredibly talented sort of guitarists. I prefer songs to sort of performances, you know, for the most part. But, uh, yeah, Steve Vai, very, very famous, uh, very, very well-known guitarist, and that is practically how Devin Townsend began his career, sort of collaborating with him. Mm-hmm. And then he'd go on to form the aforementioned instru- um, extreme metal band, uh, Strapping Young Lad, in the mid-90s. But it was uh, after a couple of albums with Strapping Young Lad that he embarked on what he is probably best known for, his solo career. Now, if there's one word that could sort of summarise his uh, solo career, it would probably be diversity. Okay. For example, like, his first... Uh, solo album, um, 1997's uh, Biomech, Ocean Machine, that has sort of more of a sort of prog metal sort of vibe going on. And then his uh, 2000 album, Physicist, is has more of a thrash metal influence. And then we go on, in the mid-2000s, he actually released a couple of um, ambient music albums, which is uh, sort of completely off the... Um, Sort of like off the metal radar, if you will. And then in 2007, he released quite possibly his most infamous album of all time. Yeah. That being Ziltoid the Omniscient. Now, uh, I've, I've just got Wikipedia up here and I'm going to read a brief synopsis of the Ziltoid the Omniscient album, if I may. Go for it. Uh, so, the album is a concept album about an extraterrestrial being named Ziltoid from the planet Ziltoidia 9. Ziltoid travels to Earth in search of, quote, your universe's ultimate cup of coffee. <laughs> a cup of coffee is delivered to him and he is promptly appalled by its taste, declaring it fetid, and summons the Ziltoidian warlords to attack Earth, facing the full might of Earth's army. So it's a simple concept album. Very, very simple, yeah. Yeah. And so as you can probably gather from that brief synopsis of the album, a lot of his work sort of contains a comedic element as well. Right. Uh, another thing that you could, that, that is sort of many, uh, that's inspired many memes about Devin Townsend is how he releases music under a number of different monikers, all with similar names. For example, in 2003, he released an album... Um, under the uh, under the guise the Devin Townsend Band, uh, in two thousand six he released a second album with that, and then in two thousand and nine he formed and subsequently released seven albums with the Devin Townsend Project. Uh-huh. So we have Devin Townsend, Devin Townsend Band, and the Devin Townsend Project. So he has a knack for creative names. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, I said that this was. Uh, the inspiration for many memes. I actually have a meme here which says when your free trial has gone out so you create a new account ah. and then underneath it just has Devin Townsend, Devin Townsend Project, Devin Townsend Band. Brilliant. So yeah. Uh, anyway, in 2014 he also released uh, an album under the name Casualties of Cool mm-hmm. uh, and this was quite an interesting album because it was completely different to anything he'd done before. It was sort of like a uh, a country rock album, but yet with elements of ambient music and also sort of like metal undertones as well. So really, really weird meld of genres there. Uh, and that album actually gave, um, gave rise to a track called Daddy, which I really, really love. And I really could have 
honestly picked for today's episode, couldn't I? I don't know why you would have chosen that, but I... No, neither do I. But anyway, another thing that characterises Devin Townsend's um, music is his incredibly versatile vocals. Mm -hmm. Like, he can shift between so many different styles depending on sort of the genre of the music that he's playing and also the emotions that he wishes to convey. Right. Like, uh, he has this very um, distinguishable operatic style, which you find on a lot of his sort of prog metal and his most epic works. Uh, you also have, he, he has a, like, a screaming and growling style of vocal, yeah. which you hear on a lot of his extreme metal work, particularly with Strapping Young Lad. Uh, but he also has an excellent sort of lower register, which you can use for sort of ballads as well. And uh, there are um, certain albums, particularly with the Devin Townsend project, that are a bit more low-key, uh, that sort of forego the, his usual sort of metal stylings in, uh, in exchange for a sort of calmer, maybe more meditative style, and his low register does suit that very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Another unique element of Devin Townsend's music is his wall of sound production style. Now, I mentioned this with Cardiacs uh, before, and I sort of have similar... Uh, reactions to the way that Cardiacs use the Wall of Sound production style and the way that Devin Townsend does as well. Like, sometimes it works incredibly well. All of these different sounds and melodies and instruments all coming to get together to create this sort of monstrous cacophony. Yeah. Sometimes I think it works incredibly well in his music. You know, a lot of it is very wacky anyway. And then having all of these just sounds hitting you at the same time uh, you know, it just works incredibly well. Other times, I think, just what is this racket? <laughs> yeah. like, I just turn this off. I think my ears are bleeding. Right. But uh, for the most part, I think it works really well, and it's a very sort of uh, appealing and unique characteristic of his music, and one of the main reasons why I am a fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I mentioned Cardiacs. Uh, because Devin Townsend, as you can probably gather from what I've said before and the diversity of his music, he has a, he has like a range of influences. Cardiacs, most likely being one of them. I think um, if he hasn't name-checked Cardiacs, then other people listening to his music have name-checked them as being a, a band that sound similar to a lot of the stuff that he's done. Right. Uh, but he is mainly influenced by metal, as you can probably gather. He is the first and foremost a metal artist. But then he has some influences which are so far from metal uh, that you won't believe it. So, uh, influences such as ABBA. What? Yeah, uh, Broadway musicals. What the f- uh, classical music. Uh, as well as New Age music. And he actually explores New Age music. Uh, on one of the Devin Townsend Project albums, the 2011 album Ghost, is sort of like is considered a new age music album, and it's uh, it's really quite interesting. Sorry to interrupt you there, George. Uh, I have heard this new age term before, but I haven't really given it much thought. Could you care to explain what that means? Yeah, sure. So, like, my understanding of new age music is sort of like it's quite similar to ambient music in a way. Very sort of calm and relaxed, and a lot of sounds from like the natural world, a lot of sort of lush keyboards involved. Would you say it's similar to something like music concrete? Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't say so because music concrete is sort of like experimental, avant garde, quite difficult to listen to. I'd say from my experience with it anyway. Whereas new age music is very easy on the ears for the most part, very. As I say, very relaxing. It's just something you can put on to sort of unwind. Whereas music concrete is something that you put on uh, when you're feeling a little bit nutty. Nutty, there we go. <laughs> now, you, you won't have heard that, listener, but it took me about 30 seconds to think of that <laughs> adjective. Brilliant. But I cut it out in editing because that's what you can do. It's the 21st century. So, go fuck uh, yourself. Exactly. It's don't, please carry on listening. Yeah. We really appreciate you, it. If that's your fetish, then we're not judging. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh. 
almost similar like the, the Harold Shipman shit. We're not going to do Harold Shipman again, but uh, I mean, I do feel like it after what happened with the phone, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, we're still going, which is we good. Are. We're checking this every minute or two, aren't we? Right. But yeah, honestly, I feel like Harold Shipman in your phone at this point. <laughs> and earlier today, I said, we are not going to mention Harold Shipman on this podcast yeah. again. And, and we, we have just done it about <laughs> three or four times. Brilliant. So there we go. Anyway... Back to Devin Townsend, and particularly the Devin Townsend project. One of the things that um, sort of characterised this project was how all of the albums had sort of overriding musical themes. So, like, for example, like uh, they'd pick a genre or a style, and then the whole album would sort of be characterised by that. For example, I mentioned the 2011 album Ghost, which is like, like in a New Age style. That same year, he released an album called Deconstruction, mm -hmm. which is just absolutely mental. Just, like, really heavy metal. <laughs> and, like, time signatures. The Wall of Sound production is, like, on, like, f full blast. You could say, like, it's just, oh. So many people love it. I just can't wrap my head around it, honestly. If you gave me the choice between the two albums, I'd be in the minority in saying I'd rather listen to Ghost, honestly. Wow. But um, also he, his 2009 album, Addicted, sort of explores this sort of pop metal style, which I find quite interesting. Mm -hmm. His 2012 album, Epicloud, sort of, uh, is sort of in the same vein. Uh, his 2016 album, Transcendence, is probably my favourite album of his whole um, discography, is of his whole career even, mm -hmm. so like... It's the album that sort of got me into Devin Townsend in the first place. It was not long after that album came out that I became a fan and went to see him for the first time. Oh, wow. So that so that album has a very, very uh, strong place in my heart, if you will. But that album sort of uh, explores sort of a very, very epic, dramatic, sort of prog metal style. So in between all the tricky time signatures and wacky instrumental sections, uh, you have these sort of really... Uh, bombastic choruses that are just so operatic, as I said earlier. So, yeah. Yeah. and just the, the 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 production is just so explosive and elevates these choruses to like the max. And uh, I just really, really love that album. Anyway, the track that I want to talk about today is from his 2019 album Empath. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing about Empath is that it's. Um, the first album of, uh, that Devin Townsend released in over a decade, which is simply under his own name. It's not the Devin Townsend band, not the Devin Townsend project, it's just under Devin Townsend. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that was to do with how having these overarching musical themes characterise whole albums left Devin Townsend feeling quite creatively stifled. He, he wasn't being able to express himself to his true potential, I don't think, when he was with the Devin Townsend Project. Would you say he was experiencing writer's block? I don't know about writer's block, honestly, but I, I, I don't know how, to what extent he felt like he was having to sort of force his ideas to fit this sort of mould. Like, we've chosen this album will be in this style, therefore all the tracks I have to write for this album have to be in that style. That is kind of limiting in a way, mm. don't you think? So, instead of doing that, he decided that he'd take all of the sort of genres and styles that he'd explored in his then 25-year career and encapsulate them all in this one, one hour and 20-minute package. That is Empath. Mm -hmm. However, something else the, that characterises this album is the fact that during the making of it, during the recording of it and the writing, uh, he was actually suffering from sort of mental health issues. He oh, was wow. like uh, suffering from depression. And it's for that reason that for this album, he sort of ditched the whole comedic approach that he'd had in previous albums, in particular like Ziltoid, The Omniscient and Deconstruction, albums like that. That's all gone. That was in the past. This is quite possibly his most sincere album to date mm -hmm. and that was the whole intention behind it uh and sort of like the th devin townsend's depression is sort of reflected in this album 
in the fact that there are many sort of anti-suicide themes running through uh, like the lyrics. Um, yet, I think Devin Townsend himself said that sort of his perseverance through these mental health issues actually helped the album become what it was. And it's as a result of it that he, you know, he, it's an album that he's incredibly proud of. That he feels like is a is a unique achievement within his discography. Yeah. So anyway, I've talked uh, about the about his career and about this um, 2019 album uh, in a nutshell. I want to go on now to talk about the individual song that I've picked for today. Yeah. And that is the second track on the album, Genesis. And in many ways, this is sort of like a microcosm of the album as a whole, almost like an overture of it, because basically what it is, is a load of sort of like individual styles and genres sort of presented in these small sort of like samples, almost little small bites, and then they're just stacked one after the other. So you'll be in one style and then 20 seconds later... The, the track completely changes direction and keeps doing that throughout the whole length of the track and in many ways like that is reflective of Empath itself because like Empath he explores so many sort of different genres and styles as I said before it's like reflective of his whole career so like every track is in a different style for example there's this one track called Why which is sort of like a Broadway musical meets classical music meets death metal track it's very very weird yeah that sounds weird so yeah so like this album is full of like all different sort of like emotions and moods and that is actually one of the things that best characterizes uh the song genesis it has all these multiple it has multiple aesthetics from ranging from like brutal to meditational commercial even and some sort of like progressive and jazzy elements as well. And by doing this, by having all these different moods all within one track, what Devin Townsend was trying to do was actually reflect the emo- uh, the emotion of empathy, hence linking it with the album ah, title. Okay, I see. Uh, because, for example, like if you're fully empathetic, that means that you're. It, it doesn't mean that you're just going to be feeling one emotion like constantly. Your emotional state is going to reflect all of the people that are around you, aren't they? And everyone is going to be com- feeling completely differently. So you'll be feeling sad, and then you'll be feeling joyous, and then you'll be feeling angry. And that is basically what Genesis does. It has all of these different moods and emotions, just one after the other, and it's con- you, it doesn't allow you to settle in one sort of vibe. <laughs> and that is the thing that makes me love the song so much. Okay. However, it, it didn't it wasn't always the case. I didn't uh, the first time I heard it, I didn't really care much for this track. I thought I I like to settle in a groove, you know. I like songs that are verse chorus verse chorus, you know, that are very easy to follow. And due to the fact that this song just had no verses whatsoever. It does have a chorus. Yes. The chorus is the only constant throughout the whole track. Mm-hmm. But like, apart from that, it's just completely structureless, pretty much. But um, that is the thing that I like about it so much. Uh, and you have these sort of uh, these different dynamics. Uh, you'll have these incredibly heavy sections. Yet, what I love about Genesis as a whole is the fact that all of the heavy sections are preceded and then succeeded with like lighter, more sort of relaxing, uh, maybe, as I said before, meditational sections that really offer you a sort of a breather <laughs> so that when the heavy sections come back in, then it just sweeps you off your feet pretty much, but you're sort of prepared for it in a way. 
So yeah, that's what I love about this song so much. And after repeated listens, uh, just these sort of emotional dynamics and all of these different aesthetics gradually began to sort of wash over me and I really sort of enjoyed all of these different directions that the song was going in and yeah, uh, basically that is why I love the song so much. Now, Hamdan, what do you think of this track? Well, um, I'm glad you uh, asked me, George, because I have quite an opinion on it. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, So, Genesis by uh, Devin Townsend then. So, we start off with this operatic and this serene sound. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's do. sort of like the choral. Yeah. Sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, the, like the chorus of like uh, sort of angelic vocals right. almost, don't you? Okay, so uh, so when I first heard this, I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm liking where this is going, right? Uh, and I was kind of like, you know, this is pleasant to the ears. Yeah. Right? But I'm also looking at the timestamp of seven minutes on this uh, song and I'm thinking how long can this guy stretch it for I mean without making it boring in any way mm-hmm. uh, because this sort of sound I mean it's it's pleasant to the ears as I mentioned but it doesn't really work for me as a sort of something that I'd be going into constantly yeah uh, but you know for the purposes of this today's episode I, I was going to give it a shot but then we hear those drums teetering in I think hang on a minute where 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 is this going where where, where is this guy taking us and then suddenly Devin's vocals come in. And they they don't come in, they just come crashing in. Yes. It's incredible how like how, how they catch you off guard. And it's almost okay, this is gonna be a bit weird, but it's the only way I could explain it. They're almost pirate like in nature. Okay. You know That's what I mean? interesting. Like chainsy and really sort of anthemic. Yeah. And funnily enough, George, I mean, as soon as I heard it, knowing the songs that you shared with me over the over the years and the songs that you like I instantly knew that this would be a song that you'd be talking about because this is so you. Okay. No, I don't know if that's you take that as an insult or a compliment, but uh, um, I'll take it as a compliment. Yeah. You don't necessarily intend for it. To no, be no, no, no. I, I, it's, 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 it's just it is what it is. It's just it. It's like it. It just so enca- encapsulates the, your, your sort of genre, and it it designs it. it it's it's so incredible because a song slowly, slowly but surely descends into like the audio equivalent of a mindfuck. <laughs> it's brilliant and you know what you've told me about already you know does make me appreciate this guy's talent obviously the mm-hmm. way that he you know addresses mental health and all that I mean I can totally respect that I can get behind that as well and vocally he can scream a note for quite a long time and at a tone that make that appears to be you know you're stretching your vocal cords to their utmost yeah we'll, we'll talk yeah, about uh, he's an incredibly talented vocalist oh yeah I can, I can definitely hear that and I'll, I'll, if I just may add something here like I think I mentioned it when we recorded it before I hope but uh, all that is lost now well, so yeah I'm pissed off uh, like Devin Townsend is he's not only incredibly versatile in terms of his voice but he's just so he's just so good yeah, no. I think, like, not only is he do I think he's one of the greatest vocalists in the metal and rock genre, but I think he's, he's probably one of the greatest vocalists I've ever heard. Just all the different sort of again all the different aesthetics that he can sort of encapsulate with his voice is just incredible. Yeah, but do go on. No, no, I I agree with you. I mean, there are very few artists that I've heard. Maybe the I can't remember his name off by heart, but the singer from Cannibal Corpse. Who has a neck bigger than his head? <laughs> Maybe him, but I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, apart from that, I, I can't think of many. At least, at least in the metal genre, at least. I was told that I looked like him recently. What the geezer from Cannibal Horse? Yeah. Yeah. That's an insult, <laughs> isn't it? No comment. <laughs> I think the person I, you. I don't even look like him. I mean, it's getting dark. To be honest, I can barely see you right now. So hang on, let me turn the light on. Oh, I can't. That's brilliant. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Brilliant, great show, lads. <laughs> All right, uh, fine. Let's just continue. Oh, on. This, is, this is, I mean, this is a bit like Genesis, isn't it? This podcast. Yeah, it started off so well, didn't it? An audio equivalent of a mindfuck. Yeah, <laughs> our minds well, at, at, least, at least, at least, we don't have that go kart going past like before. No, and those two girls on the uh, on the on the r- weird on scooters. The scooters. Yeah, the screaming. voice scooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but like, so yeah, so we can we both can agree that the the vocals are something to be appreciated, right? Yeah, yeah. But we have in this song in Genesis we have tempo changes 
We have riffage that sounds like broken glass and crystal meth. <laughs> and we have random transitions into disco. And I don't know whose idea was it at, at some point, but at one point he, it sounded like he was playing it through a gramophone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. if Was that Devin's idea? I'm, I'm oh, sure it must have been, yeah. Yeah. When that, if, if that was Devin's idea, that I want to know what he's smoking right now. <laughs> God bless him. And the drums, fuck me, honestly. Oh, I love the drums so much. Yeah, but I, I am 100% sure that the drums are made by a machine because no human is physically capable of making those those noises. Oh, yeah. It, I, know, I know. That's what I thought. I mean, when I first heard that, I thought, that's got to be programmed. Like, that's got to be yeah, a drum machine. without doing doubt. That. But honestly, I've seen some metal drummers and they can drum incredibly quickly. Really? It's like lightning. Like, their hands are just... Their arms are just a blur. Jesus. But, uh... I just love it, and the thing that I love, I mentioned it earlier, is how like between the heavy sections you have a little breather, you have a little soft section, so like for example you have the first chorus, and I love how the chorus always bursts in with like, let there be light, it's yes. all, and then just everything explodes, right. you know, and then after the chorus, after the first chorus at least, you have this sort of little, uh, sort of almost classical soft section mm. and then just those Chaos. insane drums come in oh just God. like taking you back into the depths of hell it's brilliant isn't it yeah oh my God. and it just continues sort of going like that uh, sort of like loud soft loud soft throughout the end and it is it, it, you know you just and for me at least I just sort of pick up on that and I really like the sort of like the inconsistent <laughs> dynamic sort of journey that it takes you on. That loud, soft, loud, soft thing is probably the only pattern that you could probably pick up if, 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 if there is any. I guess so, yeah. Though, though when you do get to sort of that disco and the gramophone <laughs> bit, disco that, gramophone. that sort of goes out the window in a little, a yeah. little bit, doesn't it? I, didn't th- I would have never thought you could put disco and gramophone in the t- same sentence, but here we are. There we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. If it were up to me, you're talking about a lot, a lot of these subgenres of metal. If it were up to me, I would shelve this. And you can shoot me down in flames for this. And, and anybody at home can do that. But I would shelve this under the technical death metal label. Okay. Because of the drums. Because it's so the the drum pattern is and and sort of the vocals are very akin to that sort of genre. But again, I could be wrong. I'm not an expert there on those sort of things. There is undoubtedly a death metal influence here. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. say the whole song itself is a death metal song, but there's undoubtedly the influence of death metal here among a myriad of other genres yeah but that that i would say that is my main thoughts on the song it 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 does have i do have an appreciation for this guy's performance especially he comes he comes across very talented and very you know very sincere yeah in particular on this album i think oh yeah yeah i I mean you mentioned comedic element yeah he does come come across as very sincere I mean, the view- music video maybe is something uh, something to sort of argue otherwise, but but uh, but yeah, he, it it is a decent track. I wouldn't say it blew, blew me away like it did you, I guess. But uh, yeah, at the end well, of the it day, didn't it blow me away at first. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was not too keen on it at first, but then with repeated listens, I thought, oh yeah, this is I'm down with this. Once I sort of became satisfied with sort of what it was, and that's just an exploration of like many different genres all within the same track right we did I, did I did i do want to add that we did we do keep saying that like the comedic elements were sort of like foregone for this album but we do have kittens mewing in the middle of it mm. and a cow mooing yes yes i remember that yeah. which is then followed by these incredibly heavy almost sort of like gent riffs so yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I remember that, that is that a now. perfect contrast in God. my opinion <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. It's a song at the end of the day. Yeah, it really. is. It's it, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's I'd say that's my opinion. I guess that you you'd ha- you give it a ten out of ten. I'd give it a nine out of ten. Oh, I reckon. Okay. I think, but okay. like 
yeah, I, I absolutely love the song, and uh, yeah, it's basically my attempt to counter your selection for today. Which is, um, I probably should mention this because we are getting to the halfway point. Yeah, we are past the halfway point now. So, yes, um, thank you very much for that, George, first of all, for the, your um, insights into Devin Townsend's Genesis. Um, oh, God, I'm just getting my script up here so we can discuss this in perfect detail. We have a car shining its lights on us. Oh, that's very kind. Um, that's lit my face up. Do I look like the guy from Cannibal Corpse? No comment. <laughs> just as the lights what? fade away as well. <laughs> oh, no, they're back. Oh, there they are. They're back. He's, he's looking at us. I guarantee he's looking at us right now. Who cares? Anyway. I'm just hiding behind the, uh, yeah, the just, passenger yeah, seat. Yeah, I'll be the guinea pig. Oh, no, he's away now. Brilliant. Bye. Bye. Okay, anyway, um, so yeah, thank you very much for that, George. Um, so, my choice of song today is the incredibly unique, but also at the same time utterly terrifying uh, Come to Daddy by Aphex Twin. And uh, it's the Pappy mix, uh, as according to the album with the same name. Before I begin, George, I wanted to ask you a um, serious question here. Can I have your soul? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is quite useful to have a soul sometimes. I mean, I would miss it if I let you have it. Okay. But uh, I, I don't know, I guess we can come to an arrangement. Maybe you can get a lend of my soul. Just sail, like a, yeah, sailor return maybe. A couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. go on. Yeah, that's, that's fine. But uh, I, I don't think Aphex Twin would be that receptive of such bargaining, would he? Well, we'll have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a more serious note, though, um, in terms of sort of what I want to ask you, I mean, has there ever been a, mo- a moment in your musical upbringing where you have listened to something... Or even sort of seen something so uncanny valley esque that is stuck with you. What's uncanny valley? Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Oh no, I'm glad you asked. Uncanny valley basically is a um, uh, where it's so realistic and so sort of it's arti- artificial intelligence, but it's so close to re- um, realism that it's creepy. Oh, uh, okay. I've never heard of that, but uh, I'm intrigued, and I probably will regret that. Yeah. <laughs> you probably won't want to Google it when you get back, because you can come up with some... Especially the annoying searches that you've come across. You probably wouldn't, um, uh, probably wouldn't uh, you know, live to see another day. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going there, to be honest. This is all off-kilter. Um, yeah, so the reason I asked that is because this song that I mentioned had an effect on me. Uh, not only because of the fact that it's situated in that weird spot in my mind which processes morbid curiosity, but the fact that I really love sharing the song with others. It's, it's where you got your twitch as well, isn't it? Oh my god, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the twitch, you can't get rid of that shit. Now, now folks at home, I'm not going to dilly-dally too much, so here's the, uh, here's the artist. Aphex Twin, uh, real name Richard D. James, is basically a British electronic music producer, producer and he's hailing from Cornwall, of all places. Oh, okay. Where so, I was born. You were born in Cornwall? I was born in Cornwall. No, you weren't. I was. Since when? Oh, just since last week, you know. Oh, right. <laughs> Bloody hell, I was never since, born Since that. 3rd of April 1997. Did you meet up with uh, Richard E. James by any chance? Were you guys mates? Oh, yeah. Me and him, like, we are. I gave him the idea for this. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. This didn't, when, got... when, when did it come out? Um, 97. Honestly? Honestly. <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe he took inspiration from your birth. Maybe that was it. Now I know where he got the idea for that music video. Yeah, there we that's go. That's terrifying. There we go. I'm St. George. I mean, we... <laughs> we are discovering so many new things. One, I do look like the guy from Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> and at the same time, the the those faces in the Come to Daddy music video were also inspired by me. Well, at least you as a baby. So, 
So that that work. that cannibal corpse thing is probably more warranted now, but too nice. <laughs> um, God almighty. Um, but yeah, so like, as I mentioned, I do like sort of talking about this song. And just, as you mentioned, I do have like a sort of passion for talking about the song. But yeah, Apex Twin, he's a he's an artist from, he's, um, um, from Cornwall and um, his work has spanned uh, more than three decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people, certainly music artists, would be more than happy to say he's a pioneer for his area of music and for good reason. I mean, you were talking about last... Um, Last uh, last episode, we were talking about sort of young talent. Yeah. I mean, at age 16, this guy was already pushing the boundary of electronic music. Okay. Uh, obviously, we'll speak about more of that, about, about that later. But he he has produced music under several different monikers, as as did Devin, Devin Townsend. So we're already drawing parallels here, mate. Okay, yeah, excellent. Yeah, so he was producing music under the name of... Of course, Avix Twin was the most famous name, but we have Analog Bubble Bath, Caustic Window... And my favourite one is Phonic Boy on Dope, which is kind of, I mean, that's, that last one is kind of similar to like the names that we would have come up with in our little game that we have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, it does remind me of, uh, I think there was one moniker that I, um, that I failed to mention that Devin Townsend released um, music under. I'm just going to get it up on my phone now. Yeah. And that is Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster, so that's brilliant. That is that, that tops fucking Phonic Boy and Dope. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so of course, Apex Twin was the most famous one of those. But um, uh, yeah, as a as a young lad in the eighties, um, Richard would be performing at raves and local DJs for sort of free parties. Oh, okay. And his debut album in nineteen ninety one, I believe, uh, under the moniker of AFX, which 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 was um, the song. Well, the sort of EP analog bubble bath, which again would be, which would be his one of his monikers down the line, mm-hmm. um, and it would be with this sort of with, with this release of this EP, which was actually as a uh, response to the fact that they were so deprived of music in the area that they were from, uh, that they, they he he produced music for his friends and he came up with this uh, this EP. Um, okay. It, 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 this sort of EP actually gave him a sort of small cult following. So it it does actually show, especially for the time that he he was in, that he he's quite talented for his age. Um, the track title of that EP, which I highly recommend people listen to, just to make sure that they are, have an understanding of where where Aphex Twin went with his with his sound. Uh, it just shows, like as I mentioned, it shows how talented this guy was such, uh, at a young age. Now we uh, I mentioned we talked about young talent here. I mean, I highly recommend this song for those who are taking their first foray into electronic music because it just shows how how um, sort of talented people can be uh, in uh, sort of producing stuff at such a young age. Yeah. Um, now, when I say electronic music, though, uh, Richard here is known to be incredibly versatile, as is your Devin Townsend. Across, yeah. uh, but this is across the the um, eclectic subgenres that are within electronic music. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some, on some uh, projects, uh, like like George's Devin Townsend, he's 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 going in pure ambient directions. Or and others, it's pure like harsh and abrasive techno. Um, I wonder which one comes to Daddy falls under. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh. Uh, but also, I mean, he doesn't actually. Obviously, those aren't the two only what genres he'll go to. He also he also in, in, um, incorporates incorporates uh, uh, super specific genres like IDM or which stands for intelligent dance music. Okay, uh, which is more suitable to like set like cerebral contemplation rather than just sort of ash shaking sure that uh, edm come uh, that's his brother edm sort of would uh, would be responsible for but uh, the fact that i you know the fact that richard does have this incredible range uh, but on the uh, on the other side it's clear that he he doesn't uh, set himself boundaries and at the same time it's very easy to sort of listen to a track and identify as an Aphex twin track yeah uh, it's because of this signature sound that's why i love him as an artist so much i revere him so much as an artist mm-hmm. Now, um, after Analog Bubble Bath, which was in a 1991 release, which would go on, go on to produce more seminal releases, such as um, selected ambient one, selected selected ambient works 85 to 92. I have heard of that album. Yeah. Would you recommend it? 100. percent I mean, it, a lot of people would coin this album as a classic album in, within, okay. within the electronic music genre, uh, and for good reason. It's it's very. I mean, certainly with tracks like Extal or I don't know if it's Extal or Crystal or and Helios Fan. I mean, Richard did make a name for himself. This okay. was, this was his mark into electronic music, and by God, it was a 
great mark at, at that. Fair but, enough. Uh, I don't want to sort of speak speak about that sort of track in, in particular. I want to sort of talk about the ta- track that I that I've chosen today, which is, as I mentioned, "Come to Daddy," and it was from the 1997 album of the same name. Now, 1997, incidentally, is the year that me and George were born. So it, you know, it's you you're already in for for a ride here. But um, <laughs> uh, here, basically, we have Richard's incredible technical abilities, but cranked up a notch to almost an ear-splitting magnitude. Uh, yeah, I mean, the vocals alone on this song, George, like yours, to be honest, it, they, they will catch you off guard. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the, it's the brilliance about it is it immediately threatens you. <laughs> you're, 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 you, 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 you can't be, not only a track, but an album that the very first second you, uh, you're threatened. Yeah, it. it's brilliant, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the repeated chance of I want your soul I want to eat you. I will eat your soul. Come to daddy. Come to daddy. Uh, it's not even a human voice. It's like it. It is a human voice, kind of like a human voice, but it's an otherworldly creature. Yeah. Yeah. And something that wishes nothing but hate and contempt and destruction for humanity. You can you can hear it in its voice, like the sort of absolute sheer ferociousness of it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 very sort of off-putting to say the least. Yes. I mean, understatement of the year there. Um, the, I mean, the vocals here have been distorted to shit. I mean, <laughs> to this sort of alien quality. Yeah. And it's it's brilliant. But I mean, the abrasiveness does not falter whatsoever. And the vocals, I mean, they are the focal point of the song. Yeah. But um, they wouldn't sound sinister on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have uh, an equally, if not more, abrasive wall of distortion on the back, mm-hmm. which I, I mean, and it's permeated with this drill and bass harshness that I haven't heard in much music to this day. Uh, maybe in harsh noise, but I mean that doesn't really count because that the name harsh noise, it's kind of that, that genre is specifically for that area anyway. So harsh noise is not a genre I am particularly clued up on. Well, I must say. well, you did leave a comment on a harsh noise album on YouTube. That oh, I, I did, did no. What, yeah. what was that it album? Hijo Kaidan or something. It was a, it was a Japanese uh, harsh noise uh, album. Oh, what was my comment? Oh uh, God, it was something like I really like the. Um, the chorus or some shit like that. I, I, I really like how all the different sections flow together. Seamlessly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I saw, I saw that comment. Is that George? That's George. Brilliant. Uh, that comment, uh, it banged as well, didn't it? Yeah, no, it, 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 I think it got to the top, which is, I mean, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it, in terms of like sort of the song, it, you, it's it's not a harsh noise song. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, anything outside of that, you wouldn't expect it to put, to be. You couldn't, you couldn't shelve it into any other genre outside of that. But no. But it, it, it's very difficult to place. Um, aside from this whole drill and bass and distortion, and this maybe sort of harsh techno, that uh, it's very difficult to place. Uh, and that chant of "I want your soul, I will eat your soul." It starts off as a threatening whisper, but whisper, but it ascends into this just maniacal yelling, which I think is amazing. Um, the dude really wants your soul, for fuck's sake. He's not just politely requesting it, is it? Yeah, he's not saying, please, sir, may I have your soul? He's saying, I will eat your soul. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, you can tell how, how desperate he is. And uh, even at the end of the chant, we, we have this sort of drum solo followed by this wall of distortion. And then suddenly all of that cuts out and to, to, this, to another wall of sound. But this one is more anticipatory in nature, if that's even a word. Um, <laughs> I mean, you don't know what's coming next, but it's getting... It's getting you prepared for the ending, which is terrific. <laughs> I mean, but when I mean terrific, I mean terrifying. Terrifyingly terrific. Terrifyingly terrific. Because I guarantee you, to you, George, and to people at home listening to this, that in nothing in music, at least to my knowledge, sounds like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the same guy again. All right? Only this time, someone must have really pissed him off. <laughs> really pissed him off, because... I mean, someone must have just refused to give him a soul or something like that. That's why he's pissed off. But he sc- he screams in like almost he's, as if he's in agony, right? In just this sheer pain. And the screams aren't just like one whole wail. No. It's on on like one. So it's just held on one note. It's this guy had to escalate and escalate and fucking escalate, right? To the extent that he has to stretch his vocals to the to their utmost. I mean, beyond human capability. I mean, 
we were talking about sort of this uncanny valley here, right? That's what I mean. Like, yeah. It's stretched so far far out, right, that it doesn't sound even human anymore. But, yeah. but, but you know a human recorded that. I mean, to me, that is the perfect representation of what an uncanny valley is in, in an audio format, at least. Right? Maybe you need to probably, I'd probably have to sort of show you some more examples of that. But that's the idea of what I feel like an uncanny valley is. I'll, I'll look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but it will, this sort of song, I mean, George, you've heard it, but for the folks at home, once you listen to it, it will stick with you. I mean, the drill and bass truck underneath just propels this song from start to finish, right? And it's just one wave of intensity after another after another. And some would say it's soul-crushing, to say the least. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Uh, but, um, I mean, finally we do finish with this drill and bass with what I, what sounds like laser beams yeah. sound effects, which I thought was pretty creative. And then we have this maniacal laughing again, but incredibly distorted. Again, I don't know how he managed to do this. And I will have to tell you, folks, it is an un- unforgettable experience from start to finish, and no matter how hard you try to forget it. <laughs> I mean... More on the production of the song, though, because obviously this is my experience. The production of the song, Richard explains, uh, he explained to his uh, Index magazine a couple of years, well, quite a long time ago, that Come to Daddy came along as a result while he was hanging around uh, a house and he was getting pissed and doing this crappy death death metal jingle. Okay. Yeah, and he got apparently he got marketed and a video was made, more on that later, and this little idea that he had, which was a joke, turned into something really more sinister. And something huge, which he uh, mentioned. Um, now, this leads me on to talk about the infamous, famous, infamous music video. I was going to ask you yeah. to talk a little bit about yeah. that, because I watched that today. Oh, man. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? It's absolutely <laughs> I'm incredible. I'm glad that it was daylight while I was watching it. <laughs> it is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, we should probably speed this up, because we're getting towards the end, but I know, I know, it, it, I, I'm shaking just now talking about it, to be honest. I mean, okay, so, so for the music video, Richard teamed up with this um, individual called Chris Cunningham, uh, an, an award-winning director that, at that point who had previously worked with, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Stanley Kubrick. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Shining. The Shining, yeah. Very fair. Also, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey, you know, the list goes on. But, um, yeah, he, after working with Stanley Kubrick, he would, he would go on to do music videos for the likes of... Uh, Bjork and Madonna. Oh, okay. So you know, very you know, very famous in his circles. But more importantly, you guys should check out um, his other music videos on top of Come to Daddy, namely Rubber Johnny and Window Licker. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, th- those are those are some of his famous music videos aside from Come to Daddy, which is probably one of his most famous uh, music videos to date. Um, on Come to Daddy, um, this was shot in the. Thamesmead South Housing Estate in London, mm-hmm. uh, the same place that um, Stanley Kubrick shot uh, many scenes for A Clockwork Orange. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure if there's a connection there, obviously, given the fact that they worked before. But both uh, are incredibly disturbing. That's yeah, all I can yeah, say. yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to know that 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 housing estate has been knocked down, so it's it's um, yes, yeah, it's been cursed by the video. But the video, obviously, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil it for too many people. But you can speak about it if you want to, and you yeah, want you have a reaction to it. But it starts off with this woman just going into this um, random sort of rubbish area in a, a council estate with her dog. The dog pisses on this TV in the middle, and then it just summons this demon inside this TV, screaming, "This I want your soul. I will eat your soul." And in the back, uh, well, well the, the, obviously, the, a grandma's the sort of you know of, of old age just going to be shocked by that, so she just runs away. And then she turns this corner and she sees little children with masks on. And um, it's, it's, it's incredible from start to finish. I don't, again, I'm not going to go into too much detail. And this, the ending is the worst part imaginable. And I, I, again, it's, you have to watch it to explain why I mean by this uncanny valley because that is the perfect encapsulation the of what bit it is. With the scream, is that what you're referring to? That is this, the scream. The scream is especially once. Oh, no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The way I. Um, the way I like to explain this, because it, it, it's, I remember I was, I was seeing a reviewer talk about this. He was saying that um, it actually makes council estates look worse than they actually are. Okay. So, you know, that is saying something, to be honest. I mean, I know that um, when I, because I do have a thing. You said you mentioned Twitch. I do have a thing for like showing people this video because I love people's reactions to it. Yeah. Right. Now, I um, showed this to my dad and my uncle at the same time. Right, and both are very, very resilient men. They've seen some shit in their time, right? Very res- resilient, right? They were asking me to turn it off, <laughs> so you can have an idea of how sh- you know, sort of 
scary and frightening this fucking thing is. And just to give you an idea of how Richard D. James is, you know, as is, 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 is in his mindset, he actually mentioned that he was, he was he had in an interview to Loaded magazine. He said, "You do notice that you'll start to clench your fists, and that's the good sign." But the clench factor wasn't uh, tight enough for me. Can you? So can you imagine? I mean, and the song is that intense, and it's still not good enough for him. <laughs> it's, it just sound is incredible. It just wasn't. It just wasn't scary at all, was it? It was, a, it was just a little doddle for him, really. A little death metal jingle. <laughs> Who says that shit? Um, I mean, I think there's only two artists I can imagine saying that, and we've covered them both in this episode, honestly. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And, you know, I, I think I was reading the other day that it, apparently it was as a, as a reaction to... Was it Breathe? I think it was Breathe by The Prodigy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you can tell, you can see why, because the, the, the music video for that is in itself kind of sinister with, you know, the, the black and white uh, aesthetic. and the, I don't know if you've seen the music video at all. No, no, I know the Firestarter video. but I think uh, it, might, it might have been Firestarter or Breeze, one of yeah, those, yeah. Firestarter is black and white, so I think it yeah, might be that yeah, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was that one. But, yeah, look, Aphex Twin is an incredibly talented artist, and this is actually how I actually discovered him. I was 14 at the time, and I was trying to get into electronic music, and I just searched on Google, yeah. best electronic music artists uh, of all time. And funnily enough, Aphex Twin, Aphex Twin came up. And funnily enough, Come to Daddy was the first thing I saw. And I have yet to get rid of my PTSD. So that's Are you sure you didn't type into Google music that is going to make me cack myself? Cack? What does that mean, me? Poo. Ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I, I, let me just say that once I, uh, once I finished watching that, I had to clean up my seat. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there for today, George. What did but you? That think was of just song? an average day in the Hamdan house. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're nappy all the time. Fucking hell. Oh, but yeah, about me. Um, there's not. There's really not much I can say about "Come to Daddy." You know, you, we mentioned it in the previous episode. I like to talk about composition and <laughs> scales and chords, harmonies, melodies, things like that. Right. All I can say is. It is deeply unsettling. That's exactly the reaction I wanted, so brilliant. <laughs> and, oh my god, it, it is, it's amazing and horrible at the same time. Like, I, I wouldn't ever... Ch- um, maybe I would... No, I think I would only listen to this if I were showing it to someone else to see what their reaction was. Really? This is not necessarily something that I would listen to for enjoyment. I would listen to this... For a laugh, loud car. Loud car. I would listen to this simply to have a laugh, because honestly, really? this is—it is terrifying, isn't it? It's it like the frenetic sort of, as you said, drill and bass rhythm in the background, and then just the sheer distortion of the the sort of you could say that the, of the bass track, and then just the disturbing, like whispered almost snarled vocals it's made even worse by the video where it's just like that that contorted face Mm. on the tv screen oh my god but then you know the pinnacle of the track is that scream that as you just said it just grows and becomes increasingly more intense Mm. to the point where you just like this is this is horrible this is blood curdling (laughs) right yeah yeah it's you know, when it comes to form meeting function, I'll just I'll just summarise it with this. When it comes to form meeting function, and whether the song, or should I say the piece, um, <laughs> sort of has the desired effect that Apex Twin wanted, he might say that it wasn't intense enough. I think form meets function perfectly here. He wanted to write something that would terrify his audience, and he succeeded. And the video is. Hand in hand. It, 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 yeah, it intensifies the experience even more. So, like, uh, fair play to him. And from that respect, I could give him sort of just 10 out of 10. Right. In terms of my own enjoyments, I think you can halve that and take a few more away. But, like, honestly, <laughs> again, a bit like with Stars, like, I think take my personal enjoyment rating with a pinch of salt because, like, this is. This is not something that I really listen to, but fair play, you know, fair play for doing this. And, you know, 
I'm not going to give it a rating because, like, you can give your ten out of ten. Yeah, it is a ten, and it's we 10. can and we can leave it on that because, like, as a piece of art, this is truly one of a kind, and I can honestly give him props for that. So yeah, that's all I have to say on the matter. Go and watch the video during the day. Yeah, please. And uh, yeah, I mean, you get you're gonna have sound clips of this track sort of in the podcast episode. Will that be enough to sort of scare them shitless? Well, we have to have the scream in there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not that's the most seminal part. So, <laughs> I mean, I, in fact, you mentioned I mentioned the scream. Every time I show people this song, it's the scream that they are most likely to just look away and just not listen to the song. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll close the episode on the yes. scream. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, brilliant. All right. Well, before that, then, um, before we you know, descend into chaos, as uh, we already have, as we already have. Um, it's been uh, nice talking to you, George, today. Um, uh, this has been um, a very, very pleasurable, but at the same time frustrating experience. Right. I must apologise to the listener if we did, if at any point we did sound a little bit more flustered than we usually do yeah. on today's episode, because I, obviously we mentioned at the very beginning we were recording for a good half an hour, weren't we? Right. For most of my bit, and then, well, it turned out that it wasn't recording at all. So, uh, thankfully, we've just checked and we are still recording, so all of this will be saved. But uh, honestly, that was very, very painful indeed, wasn't it? Oh, man. I mean, we we steamed up last time when we were doing the car, and I can feel like we we steamed up more so now. To the point where we're almost suffocating, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think we probably have to leave it there before just... You know, the, the steam just goes inside my phone and fucks everything up. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening again. And uh, hopefully the next episode, episode five, will be with the new laptop and the microphone. So w- suddenly our voices will come across so much clearer. Fingers crossed. And hopefully that will be a good thing. Uh, yes, for now at least. But yeah, again, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Ta. Hello there, Future George here, speaking quite some time after the episode that you just listened to was recorded. Um, As you're well aware, we had some technical difficulties uh, during the recording of uh, this episode, such that our initial attempt at recording, well, wasn't, quite frankly. Or so we thought... Yes, it turned out that much later on, Hamdan discovered that his phone actually had been recording the episode the whole time and that his voice recorder app had simply failed to notify us the first time. Actually, not not only did it record both our initial attempt and our subsequent successful attempt, it actually carried on recording for quite some time afterwards whereby 
unbeknownst to us, Hamdan's lift back to mine, as well as his own car journey home, were also being recorded by his phone. Anyway, what we've decided to do is treat you to some bonus footage, starting from the point where we realised, albeit erroneously, that the episode wasn't recording, all the way up to the beginning of our second attempt, which would later become the episode that you just heard. Uh, So, once again, thank you for listening, and here is the bonus footage. Well, the section of this song that I love in particular is pretty much everything after the first chorus, I think. Because it's it's after the first chorus where everything sort of starts to go off the rails and, like, all of these different styles all start coming at you quicker than ever before. And another thing that I love about it is how... You have these sort of really heavy sections and also some quieter sections. Fuck, 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 fuck. What the fuck, man? Stop recording. Did it. Oh, for fuck's sake. What the fuck, man? Was it not recording at all? Did just Why did you stop recording? Hang on. Oh, that's so fucking annoying. We know it was definitely recording yeah. when we when we started. It must have gone somewhere. Like honestly, it wouldn't just delete itself, would it? Surely. I, I, I don't know where it went. Honestly, you saw it recording. Yeah, right? I saw it recording. Yeah. What the fuck, man. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Test. I just don't think it recorded. Well, I mean, you saw it turn on. I did, I did, yeah. <sighs> do you want to start again? Sure, I could probably do a bit better than what I was doing. Is that um, alright? I'm sorry about that. Honestly, I didn't expect that to do that at all. <laughs> Ugh, what, what a fucking disappointment. I know. You sure? Are you, are you okay to do yeah, it? Yeah, I know kinda, yeah, I don't want to come all this way and not do it, you, you know? sure? Yeah. I'm sorry about this, honestly. No, no, it's absolutely it's fine. I'm going to... Um... What a disappointment. No, no, no. We'll, we'll just incorporate it into like the new podcast. Should I start with another happy birthday? What's yeah, this? yeah, go for so, it. I'm deflated. I'm genuinely deflated, man. Oh, no, don't worry. You didn't, you didn't do your bit, so it's fine, you know. <sighs> All right, let's do it. Let's go anyway, for it. I've got an idea. We're, we're going to keep the screen on this more. Maybe, maybe. Because every single time we recorded it, it was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. So then maybe I've got an idea. Maybe I just keep the screen on the whole time. If I keep the screen on the whole time, maybe you can catch something out mm-hmm. if, if it stops recording. Yeah. But what about your notes? Yeah, that's that's, um, that's fine. So it, it won't it won't um Okay, so it won't it won't sort of turn off. Oh well, I mean the screen won't turn off. So that's hopefully it won't. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Alright, just do it again. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to George. Happy birthday to you.